0: Welcome to another episode of Playback Theatre Talks. I am Noah Leibo and in today's episode I will be talking with Larry Eng. Larry is an actor, a movement coach and a drama therapist from Hong Kong that is practicing playback theatre in the last decade. Larry and me will talk about physical theatre and playback theatre but we will also talk about the future of playback in Hong Kong. Please join us for another playback theater talk. so nice talking to you, the, yes. um, I'm really happy we get a chance to talk today about physical theatre. We actually, in March, you were supposed to lead a workshop in Berlin about physical theatre, but unfortunately, because of the circumstances, it, it, it didn't work. But we get to talk about it, which is great. First, I'm going to um, ask you just to introduce yourself. And we're, we're gradually going to go into physical theatre and playback, which is our subject for today. So please introduce
1: yourself. Yeah, so my name is uh, Larry, uh, Larry Ng, uh, from Hong Kong. And I belong to uh, a playback team in Hong Kong called Encounter Playback Theatre. And, and it has been the 11th year of this company. And for myself, I started um, not as a theatre practitioner, I, I started as an academic researcher for nearly 10 years in the academic world and then in the middle I discovered theater by accident and then I finally I changed totally my career path to the art world to theater and also to the uh, therapeutic practice also so yeah now I'm an actor, director, especially specialized in physical theater. And on the other hand, I'm a drama therapist. And I had, I have the luck to travel in different places um, in the last, in the last 10 years. I, and I travel a lot in different places in Asia and also in Europe. So in the meantime, I have a lot of uh, valuable opportunities to exchange with different playbackers in different places. And throughout this process of exchanges in different places, I really find that um, the body and uh, physical expression or physical communications on stage, and also not just on stage, but in the whole playback practice, uh, it's really important because when language become a barrier or when we have obstacles in common verbal languages, uh, body is still uh, an effective way for us to communicate to each other and also to play together with each other on stage. Uh, sometimes just by um, the uh, body connection or physical complicity, we can still play and improvise really well on stage. and. Yeah, so maybe my own experience in this sense also related to the topic today.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to hear that you started with something that is totally um, intellectual. You were very much uh, in your head and then you moved to the body. You It's not just you just studied theater, but you went to theater that is more focused on the body, physical theater. So this is quite a radical transition from
1: one field to another. Actually, I'm a sports player. I played judo the time before I entered university to start my academic life. And I I participated in a lot of um, competition. And at that time, I had also a target for myself to develop further my career in in, in, in judo uh, for competition. And I was in the Hong Kong team for training for one year when I was a teenager. And uh, so at that time I, I I was very closely connected with my body. And, and then after that, after I started my academic life, I stopped nearly um, at least five or six years um, to connect with my body. And then I rediscovered it through art and theater.
0: So you were connected to the body. It's not like you were all just inside your head studying, but there was a connection and you kind of um, renew it through physical theater and acting and all that. And when did you start practicing playback?
1: Um, I started practicing playback uh, 11 years ago. And then at that time, I started to explore theatre for a few years already. And then um, it's, by chance, I had an encounter with playback theatre and immediately I found that, oh, there's a great potential in this form of theatre, which is something really unique that all other kind of theatre form cannot replace it. So, and then I... Uh, fell in love with this form of theatre, and and then I, 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 I started to explore it intensively. And at the same time, I also nearly at the same time, I get more and more deeper into physical theatre also. Um, that's why, through um, my exploration in playback theatre, um, It is in parallel with my exploration with physical theatre. And these two um, lines of exploration actually um, interact with each other and nurture each other on the way.
0: And I want to ask you, how are you today? How are things going for you today? And um, maybe maybe I'm going to just give a context also to my question because... um, (laughs) You're, you're living in in Hong Kong. You're you're from Hong Kong, and um, Hong Kong has changed dramatically, I would say, lately, and that yes. I assume has a lot of impact for you and uh, on the playback community in Hong Kong. And I, I was curious, how is that? Yeah, how has that been for you?
1: Yes, it's a. It has been a really radical change here in Hong Kong the new law of uh, national security has passed here and then the legal autonomy in this city has totally changed since then and for us uh, especially the freedom of speech has been a question now and no one can really sure that uh, what would Happen next because uh, uh, since this new national security law passed, um, uh, uh, quite several actions from the government side um, has been taken against um, the freedom of speech, as we perceived, and this thing, um, yes, is it will or at least it would affect how playback theatre would be practiced here. Because, um, as we all know, in playback theatre, the essence is about sharing. And behind authentic sharing, um, the core is about trust. And closely in relation to trust, um, it is about security or safety. So without a really safe environment um, that people can feel free and safe to share, then maybe playback theater will become not possible. And but no one knows now, but mm-hmm. at least um we at least in my company in Hong Kong we 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 started to reflect about this.
0: Uh, it sounds really sad to think of you having to discuss how, how playback would look like uh, if things yeah. will escalate. It sounds like a very sad discussion to have in a playback company, I, I must say.
1: We can really feel that it's not really safe, not just for us as performers, but also not so safe for the tellers or for the participants to share their story especially if the story is directly or indirectly related to the protests. So this time, as playbackers, we don't know what we can contribute uh, mm-hmm. for the protest, even if we wanted to.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm thinking that nowadays playback, um, there's a lot of discussions uh, that I'm noticing. Uh, in the playback community about playback and politics and social, social change Um i feel now it's even more than before there's this kind of need to connect i think it's kind of like uh for me it goes very well together like i i don't see a way to separate it to politics and uh Po- the political story and the personal story it goes together.
1: Yeah, uh, because you, yeah, because we all know that, um, f- for example, um, we can say in this way, social dialogue is one of the key um, pillars or uh, the key components of playback theatre. And, and in the concept, we, we can already know that this dialogue has a social dimension also it's a social dialogue and if um, in this dialogue um, we cannot be social anymore or if actually we started to be aware the fact that anything social is directly or indirectly related to something political and when in the social conditions where um, talking about something political uh, will become directly something dangerous, then the whole practice in relation to social dialogues become impossible. And in this way, one of the key components of playback theatre um, will become questionable. So um, this is a really big question for us to reflect. Uh, either Maybe we find a way to do playback um, in such a way that it can still be social but non-political, or we try to maybe still doing something social and political, but in a way more indirect or oblique, so that um, certain degree of safety can still be maintained. So maybe this is one way. So sometimes we also think about how to do the performance in a more physical way, so that um, it could become more safe um, if we use less language or if we don't say things too directly. But we don't know yet, but Mm. uh, maybe this is one of the ways.
0: Yeah what can i say it it's, it's uh, it it really makes me sad that we even need to consider those questions nowadays or you have to consider of course that like this is something going on in in your country i can imagine it it might happen in more countries or it might um, and it is happening in other countries um as we speak so yeah so i i can only say that it makes me really
1: sad but on the other hand but on the other hand it's Hopeful for arts because actually when you see from the history, actually most of the time um, arts or the artists get the most creativity or innovation in a time of crisis actually. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if in a more so-called peaceful and smooth Um, situation of a society especially under the framework of capitalism sometimes maybe the arts and the artists uh, will become less and less critical or sharp or uh, innovative or creative so I don't know maybe I'm just trying to uh, comfort Mm -hmm. myself with this but um, I see the crisis but at the same time I still have have hope Mm -hmm. to a certain extent
0: That that's uh, I have to say it's really inspiring and I think um, in times of crisis even when you're doing a scene and you're getting to difficulty it's also an opportunity so I I uh, I think it's really inspiring to hear you talk about it in this way and um, yeah, I think
1: so long so, so long as we as human beings still have the impulse and the need to share and even if it is not allowed. Um, in the social political situation, maybe we we can still share it um, not directly um, but metaphorically, and then we can also perform uh, and act the story in a physical and metaphorical way. If it is become a must, um, not just a free artistic choice, it would be sad, but it would still be possible and. Maybe it is at least better than nothing
0: I think um now it's a good timing for us to mm-hmm. to switch yeah. it's a quite a i feel it's a radical switch we're gonna talk about physical theater, but we're gonna also maybe maybe we're gonna also be able during the talk even to connect it somehow to to what we just talked about, yeah, maybe we can start by um Maybe you can start by explaining to us what is physical theatre. What is this method? I guess some people might not be familiar with that. It's um, it's a theatre genre that is uh,
1: not so it's not so mainstreamed, you know. It's yeah, sure. Um, I think um, maybe for most of the people, the um, the strong impression if they um, think about. Physical theater, or if they see the words, uh, the word uh, of physical theater, they think about the use of body or movement or a lot of physical images, which is true. Um, but also, usually, there uh, is come together with a misunderstanding that physical theater means um, a rejection of language, um, which is not true. So for me, if I go directly to my own understanding, um, physical theatre is, uh, is a way of practising theatre in such a way that we take the expressivity of body as the foundation and then all other kinds of elements can go together with it on top of it and become different ways of expressions
0: yeah i have to say that before we we talked it took me a while to to offer this topic to you to talk about physical theater because i thought well how can we uh, how can we talk about it it sounds like something that uh, one need to practice and uh, mm-hmm. i was wondering i was curious to, to know if we're we're going to be able to translate it into words or into theory or or whatever but we will try our best also during the talk uh, hopefully to to give some practical advices because i think it is a complex uh, topic to to many people many people um, maybe want to be maybe many playbackers wants to be more physical but they don't know exactly how they can be more physical on stage and they tend maybe to follow patterns uh, or things that they are already familiar with. So I'll start by asking you, what are people struggling the most when it comes to physical aspects uh, on stage?
1: I think um, the first difficulties people would encounter is that in our modern civilizations, in our modern education, Um, Actually, the main direction um, is to use our body less and less and less, or even sometimes we disconnect disconnect with our body. So I think for adults, um, we get more used to use language and also concepts, and we focus a lot on the cognitive side of things or the conceptual side of things. So when we, as adults, um, practice theatre, or also physical uh, uh, or or playback theatre, when we are asked to use our body again, or if we are asked to use our body as the main media of expression, suddenly people will feel lost because it is something very unfamiliar. So, um, in relation to these obstacles, um, actually one of the main things happening in the um, education process of playback theatre or other theatre is to how to rediscover the body and to rediscover the expressive potentials of our own body, um, which is uh, something has been forgotten for a long time. So deep this would be the first and primary difficulties for people usually
0: so there's a process of disconnecting from the body that it's a process going on now it's a worldwide thing that people are disconnecting from the body and basically in playback we are asking from people to to connect to their body and to use the body as a way of uh, expressing themselves and that's i guess to to do this transition is not so it's it's not so simple
1: And it's not so simple, at least to the mind. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, on the other hand, actually, ironically or paradoxically, we still use our body every day, actually, because um, actually a large part of communication is nonverbal in daily life, actually. But for our mind or for our brain, sometimes we think we don't know how to use our body to express or express. And we we believe we are disconnected with our body, even though um, in daily life we are still using it. So actually, um, it's the mind's disbelief of um, using the body as a means of communication um, is the obstacle. And through, so throughout the, the training or education journey of a play practice, um Um, one of the main tasks is to learn or to experience how precise and effective our body can be in expressing ourselves and communicating with each other.
0: I I was saying that I think uh, a lot of people feel maybe insecure or not so comfortable with uh, making this transition uh, yes. Even though you're saying that we have connection through our daily life with our bodies, but uh, we need to kind of go through some barriers and uh, in order to be able to use that on stage. So um, I yeah. would... Will-
1: this kind of training is not just uh, artistic training. It's not just something good for art, but it's also something very good for the person to become holistic again. So, um, yeah, this is another point I want to add.
0: How can a playbacker that wants to develop this skill, first of all, how can he feel he or she can feel more comfortable on stage?
1: Mm-hmm. Two focus, I would say, the two focus to explore is one is the image and two is um, structure. And uh, by these two focus, I think uh, it is a uh, it would make easier for 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 the participant to to get in touch with um, um the expressiveness or expressivity of the body.
0: What what do you mean by image by using an image in order to can you maybe simplify that for for us?
1: Yeah, to simplify, it, I think here um, it need two steps. Um, uh, one is to make the participant to be sensitive to physical image. This is the first step, to, to be sensitive what, what again.
0: What is physical image? Just
1: uh, for a example. Simple. Yeah, uh, it's, it, for example, uh, it's a gesture or is a movement, something you can see uh, from the other's body, from the actor's body. So when you see a movement or when you see a gesture, then you um you become more sensitive about what you see or what you feel at the moment. So this is the the heightening of the sensitivity, which is the first steps. And then the second step is uh, imagination. So once you become more sensitive to the physical image, then you started to allow your imagination to flow or to grow from what you see or what you sense. Uh, when, when you encounter a physical image. So this is the two steps to, to, to focus on uh, in relation to image, to uh, uh, awakening the sensitivity and then activating also the imagination. What,
0: what, what kind of uh, exercises can help us? You can just give a couple of examples of uh, effective exercise to develop physical theater skills.
1: Um, I think, for example, um, uh, because if uh, for participants who are very nervous about doing things physical uh, to start with, we can just ask, for example, uh, one or a few participants to do anything, any gesture or any movement or still image and then just do it. And then all the other participants just see it and try to pay attention to the details about what they see so then this is the first step to become more sensitive about things so for sure sometimes the facilitator or teacher need to do some guiding but um but it is the most simple way it sounds
0: very it sounds very simple Uh, basically you're asking someone to go on stage and just make some kind of a movement or a gesture and the other ones are just watching Without yeah, or,
1: or, or, or go into pairs, um, one do something, make a image, make a gesture, make a movement, and then the other one describe what they see or how they feel, uh, uh how they sense about these images. This is the first steps, and so then this the is second, just
0: really getting awareness of what is it's kind of a straightforward way to, to develop awareness of the how. Your gestures are being perceived by others, and also, I guess, for the viewers, how is that? Yeah, what is the impact of uh, watching someone else's movement? So
1: yeah, and it's it is just the first steps. It's about the sensitivity, but uh, after that, is go further because once you become more sensitive to the image, or you are resensitized to the image, then um, the imagination will flow or get activated, and then as, uh, when you say about the impact um, from the image, so that the image can give us real impact. And then the next focus is about structure. Because um, when we do movement or, 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 or gesture, it's not just one moment.
0: It sounds very demanding. Like it sounds like it uh, it demands a lot of resources, you know, from the actor is now on stage. And I'm thinking on about playback theater where you have to also be to keep in mind, you know, the teller and the story and, you know, the way that you're working on stage. That, and so you have a lot to, to handle in the same time. Is there a way to maybe simplify it or make it easier or to connect it in a more in a, in a simple way to connect playback theater with physical theater.
1: Yeah, I, I would say in two two ways to make it simple. First, it sounds very complicated when I explain it verbally or conceptually. Just like just now, it sounds complicated when I put it into words. But actually, in the training or in the pedagogical process, in the learning process. Um, when the participants are guided to explore all this through experience, which means experientially, it, it will become much more simpler. When I teach these kind of things, I, I won't explain, um, first of all. I will, I will guide them through exercise and so that they can taste it, they can feel it. Or I will ask them, for example, just to break down the movement of picking up something into different steps and then I, I guide them to, to play with the different variables. The second thing I would help the participants or, 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 or new playbackers to make it feel it simpler is that when they listen to the teller's story, and usually if if you ask them, uh, what is the heart of a story? It sounds difficult to uh, to, to many of the people because it seems like uh, you need to have a really a deep understanding about the story, and then you have to verbalize your 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 understanding about the story, and and and, and it, it it sounds complicated. So sometimes I would rather ask another question. I would ask them where where. Where is the heart of the story? Not what is the heart of the story, but where. So where?
0: By where do you mean? Like um, in the sequence of events
1: that the uh, yeah. teller
0: described.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which part of the story, or which moments, or, or, or which scenarios, or which situation uh, in his or her narration? So this is the where. So. After they, they can maybe they can spot the where is the heart, uh, uh, where could be the heart of the story. And then I can uh, guide them also experientially um, how to present that moment or that scenario um, physically. And so the task of the actors become much more easier. They don't need to force themselves to understand the story Um, precisely in a cognitive sense. They just need to discover or recognize which parts could be the important part of a story and then they know how to use their body and the physical vocabularies or the physical grammar to present that part uh, with details. And then the magic would happen on stage is that once you can make, um, a vivid and good image of that part of the story and then with a structure um, filled with details, then the audience and the teller um, can project uh, with their imagination about what could be the heart of the story for them.
0: One simple thing to do if one wants to... Work on his uh, physical ability mm-hmm. is to try and work without words. I think we really like our default in most cases of, of, of most of us is to use words as a, and uh, verbalize things as a way of uh, expressing. And I think if you're just giving a simple instruction or I- either either to yourself or if you're a trainer or a conductor to, to, to the group members to say, okay, we're going to practice now or try to practice and avoid words. And, and it kind of forced you to use your body. So I think this is also one way to start. This is also a starting point when you're kind of take this crunches that we usually use, which is words. So once you remove it, then you start using the body more and more, basically, I think.
1: I would, so, uh, and also, uh, we have already three different directions to explore for even beginners. Uh, first, as you said, we can encourage them not to use language at all to for an experience for experience to discover the expressive potential of the body. This is the first way. The second way, we can also guide them to explore how it would be when language and body go into opposite directions and then a new universe happens in this clash or conflict or in this gap. And then the third way is that's uh, to guide them to explore how the body expressing one thing and then the le- uh on the on the level of language they they say something just different as an enrichment of the of the whole expression
0: i i just want to maybe share that a lot of times uh, when i'm going on stage
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm really using the body as a source of inspiration I can do a movement that represents something to me, unconsciously or or consciously, and Mm -hmm. that will inspire something new. Mm -hmm. So I think this is another thing that I would encourage people to maybe try to make a movement that seems to you, that makes sense to you in the moment, and see what comes out, out of this movement, like how is that influencing the development of whatever it is that is uh, happening the scene and uh, whatever it is that you're doing on stage but it can also be uh, the uh, other way around you know it can also be that the words that I'm saying inspires the movement so um, it works both ways I'm just thinking it's uh, interesting to explore like if your tendency is to start with Words with something verbal, and then move to the body. To, so maybe it's it's going to be interesting for you to explore to do it the other way around, like to start yeah, with yes. the movement and see how that influence. And if you discover that it's not really helpful, then of course you can forget about it. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I I revised um the um what you said into another um, another uh, uh way to, to guiding is to say I I. One of the tips I, I, I will share is that um, if you get stuck in one channel, maybe like thinking or language, you just change to an, another channel. Don't, get, don't, don't stay there if you get stuck. You just try out other things. If you get stuck in your mind, in language, you move. If you don't know how to move, you get stuck in your body, then maybe you make sound. And if you get stuck in your sound and then maybe you move or you or or, 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 or or you try to say some words or something like that. So whenever you get stuck in one channel, you change to another. And also um from what you said, I agree a lot. Uh, is I would say it um is that um, in the training or in your own um education Uh, To become playback, uh, try to explore the area that is unfamiliar to you, and try to allow yourself being surprised by that. Did you ever
0: felt? When did you feel feel that you are stuck? Mm -hmm. Or if you have an example of a situation where you felt stuck, and were was able to kind of do something that helps you, or something that you maybe watched. Maybe you have an example to share. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I have a very, very strong memory about one time in a performance um, in London. Actually, it's the second day uh, um, for me uh, uh, when I arrived London for, for my study there. Um, in the second day, I, I went for a performance as, as the actor. And you were
0: studying in London Physical Theatre, right?
1: Yeah, and, and Trauma Therapy. And this uh-huh. theater. So um, on my arrival, the second day, I I went to participate in a performance, and I I was um, one of the actors there. And then in one of the long story, I was chosen to be the protagonist, the teller actor. And at that time, I still. So it have, was
0: a playback performance.
1: Yes, playback performance. And at that time, I my English is still. Not so so uh, capable I, I, in in daily conversation at that time. I, I can mm. just uh, read and write um, in academic use um, concerning the use of English. So and uh, especially at that time, the teller told the story with a strong accent. I, I, I don't know from where um, which part of England, but a really strong accent. I, and then, during the process, I missed, I think, nearly ninety percent of the story on oh. the cognitive level. I don't know what, what, what. I, I, I have no idea at all what he, he is talking about at that time. So I, as a tellus actor, <laughs> if you don't understand the story, you really feel stuck. And oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can relate. I was uh, I also experienced <laughs> that. Yeah. So this is one of those uh, very strong memory for me of being stuck at that time. But at that time, I I find a solution or I try to <laughs> tell myself uh, uh, this. Um, uh, I don't understand at all the story, but I can try to feel um, through my body. Um, <laughs> how, how how could it be for the teller in the in the narrative uh, in the narrative uh, storytelling process i from through the body i can at least i can feel that the story at first is uh, something unhappy or something down. and then later in the second part of the story is something happy or something uplifting or liberated that's so you what kind I- of
0: recognize the main feelings of the teller, even and though the details the were through the body, okay. Yeah, yeah. Through and then, his body gestures, like just observing uh, him. The
1: gesture and the voice, the tone, and the facial expressions, and all these kind of uh, nonverbal clues.
0: So that was your only input, almost your only input,
1: because yes, and then understand. I also and, and and then I also comfort myself. I think uh, because my other teammates on stage are native English speaker, so they 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 understand the story. I. I I I can trust that. So for me, as the teller's actor at the time, maybe I can, what I can do at the time is to present the story or the flow of the story through my body or physically, um, according to the clues I get. And also, um, as I just said, uh, through my body, at least I capture also the structure of the story. In the first part, it's something down and something like unhappy, and then later it's more happy, uplifting. Or to be more specific, it feels like some 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 kind of liberation. I can sense the the feeling of liberation. So at least I I, I capture certain structure of the story. Then when when, when the conductor say let's watch, I yeah I, I just try to present what I get through the body. And at the same time, I pay a lot of attention to my partner, to my teammates, what they're doing. I try to also guess what what they're doing and try to coordinate or, or cooperate with them physically also, because uh, I, I don't understand so well about their, their anguish also at the time. So, so, at that time is my experience when I get stuck on the language level and on the cognitive level, I try to ask my body to help as an actor. Mm.
0: It's interesting because you're saying you're not only used your body to lead you through the, this scene, but you also say, you're also saying that you used observed the the teller and by yeah. picking up Hints from his body language and his yes. voice and all that—you were able to kind of just use that as a resource. So was that a successful scene in the end? Was he pleased? Yes, yes. Uh, finally,
1: finally, the teller uh, was satisfied at least. <laughs> and and yes. actually, from after, after that, from this experience, I create an exercise to an exercise to train playback actors. Is that? Um, um, in some training, I would ask the the teller's actor to, to go out to the room um, when the teller is sharing the story. And only the other teammates, they know the story. And then um, just before the enactment starts, uh, the teller's actor are allowed to come back. And then and then immediately the conductor will say, let's watch so
0: good. Wow. I'm I'm taking that. I have to say I, I, I know something similar. Uh that I um um in a conference uh playback conference in Israel, we did something called backward playback, where the actors are going outside of the room and yeah. they don't hear the story at all, and then they yeah. come back and they're doing something, they're doing like a free improvisation, yeah. and a lot of times it's pretty amazing, but yeah. it's it's working, and yeah. it's, and what you're suggesting—that's even wow, that's so cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it to see <laughs> what happens when you don't like when one individual doesn't know the story, but the rest know the story and how that. Uh, um, wow, that's great.
1: And then I had also another exercise, also coming from that experience. It's also related to the physical things or. Uh, It's about physical listening. Is that I will ask um, in the training settings for sure. I will ask the teller to tell the story in Jewish, I mean, um, the alien language, just some sound that's not the real words. Mm
0: -hmm. So the
1: tellers will share the story in Jewish, and then there will be uh, uh, two or three or four um, actors in. in the training setting to, to listen to the teller sharing the story in Drupish and after the, the sharing is finished um, I, will ask, <laughs> I will ask the different actors um, to, to guess what could be the story just like a game it's not a real performance thing it's just like okay according to what you hear the sound the Jewish, what could be the story actually um the the, the, our our ability of physical listening is really strong but we don't trust that so through this um exercise i can also sometimes help the uh, participant to rediscover that and to Mm -hmm. and to trust it again
0: yeah those are great exercises so if any one of our listeners are uh, Trying that. There's a group trying one of those. I'm curious. You can share with us uh, how was it like for you? Because I think those are great exercises to work with in order to develop different um, aspects of uh, physical theater. I-, I I want to ask you something because uh, so many things have changed now in the playback world. We're we're using Zoom. Mm-hmm.
1: We're
0: now. People that got back to work together, not not on Zoom, now need to many times to keep social distancing from mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. How, how can we work with that or deal with that? I, mean, I don't know if you experiment with that, if you had the uh, had chance to experiment with uh, doing playback and oh. keep distance from the other actors mm-hmm. or actresses.
1: I I, I felt terrible for my own experience. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. it's, It's really feel like disconnected and it is really hard to feel the ensemble and and things like that. And so that's why for me, it's a big headache, even though conceptually speaking, I still think maybe it could possible, even though. I'm not so optimistic about that. But mm-hmm. even though my personal experience is like that, but for example, it's interesting. I have another story because my neighbor uh, in mm-hmm. my studio, um, um, he played uh, all night game, online night computer game, every day, mm-hmm. every night. Uh huh.
0: What during <laughs> and, the Corona time, you mean, or you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And like,
1: I think, yeah. even, I think even. Uh, if it is not in the corona time he he has a, he he has the same habit, but mm-hmm. sometimes when I hear the songs uh or uh, because he speak to other players online and they need uh-huh. to cooperate and they play at the same time and they they, they need to cooperate and 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 finish uh, to complete certain tasks together at the same time or things like that and when mm-hmm. I hear what he say uh to the other players um in this internet game. I really find that they have a really, has a very great flow of cooperation and they communicate really well. And that make me curious. Uh, is it just me? Um, uh, it's like uh, I, I, I'm someone from an older generation that, that uh, uh, still not get used to this uh, online platform or online culture or online life. Uh, but actually when I see the young people in the uh, younger generation, um, actually they 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 won't feel so disconnected when they play online game. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when they they are they use other social media. So 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 that's why I, 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 I dare not to say that it is not possible because from my observation i see they don't feel so disconnected
0: if yeah. you have any more examples or case studies that you that you wanted to share or that um that connects to this theme of physical theater and uh, i just yes there's uh,
1: something uh, i want to i want to add and 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 you know, i can also share so sort of maybe with some example is that um when we talk about being physical or, or uh, when we try to employ um, the physical theatre techniques or style in playback theatre, usually uh, one of the common trends is that um, the enactment will become uh, very nonverbal or even it's become dance-like. It's become like dance. The movement is more like dance, and uh, and usually the, the whole enactment will become non-verbal or even or at least with uh, very little languages. But for me, um, it it is not a must because uh, when I say um, being physical or, or or the essence of physical theatre is not about against language and movement. Uh, is also not limited to dance movement, and from here, um, um, one, what uh, I would say, in to simplify, in any story or in any enactment of story, we need to make a balance between, on the one hand, mood, and on the other hand, meaning. And if we translate it to the language of performance or enactment, I would say we need to make a balance between, on the one hand, um, the flow, and on the other hand, the structure. So, um, usually, if we make the performance very physical in the direction of dance only, we can get in touch with the mood and the flow very effectively and it has a really strong power and sometimes uh, it will make also the enactment very poetic but also during this uh, in this way sometimes the other side i mean the meaning side or the structural side the structure uh, will become weaker or sometimes will uh, will be missing. Um, I would say the physical theatre from the sense of mime or uh, a physical theatre that take care a lot about the dramatic structure and the narrative structure has been overlooked, uh, uh, at least in the playback world. Because when we talk about physical style of playback or or, or a kind of physical theatre playback, usually uh, we see um, more dance-like um, performance. And if uh, if I need to give an example um, practically. I would say uh, one of the shortcomings, if we don't pay attention to this part, is that uh, sometimes it would happen in a performance that is more dance-like or more abstract. Um, From the audience side, you may feel after two or three stories or two or three sharing, you find that um, each enactment started to look similar. Uh, Wow,
0: Uh, this is something that I'm noticing a lot, that uh, it kinds of, yeah, 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 there's some kind of a repetition and it's, um, I guess if you're doing a lot of that, then you notice that if you're just exploring for the first time uh, movement and playback and all that, you might not notice it because it's really exciting also to to explore that. But if you're doing that a lot, you you recognize some repetitions.
1: Yes, yes. And then... uh, uh, I I I will explain this uh, experience or this phenomenon as uh, as the as a situation that we haven't pay attention uh, pay enough attention to the meaning side of the story. Uh, we we haven't paid enough attention to the structural side of the story. So when the dramatic structure and the narrative structure uh, has not been taken care of in the enactment, we will start to have this kind of experience. Um, each enactment started to look similar. We cannot see the meaningful differences or the differences on the meaning level of different stories. And then the dialogue between story uh, will become uh, difficult or muddy or not clear or even it is not possible when everything's Looks similar, or it's become just one mood or one atmosphere uh, between different stories. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue inside, actually.
0: I was actually, I was uh, also, I had an episode, uh, and I was uh, hosting uh, Anastasia. She's from Moscow, and she's doing playback with the movement. And I was referring to that as well. I was asking about that because I'm. This is something that bothers me a lot, like uh, this, uh, the the thing with when watching a lot of uh, playback dancing or movement, this issue with the repetition thing.
1: So I would say uh, I'm not against the dance-like um, uh, style of enactment, I, I, I just say that a kind of balance between um, being dramatic uh, or uh, taking care of the narrative structure um, has to go together with the dance-like, um, Embodiment. Um, so it's like um, the balance between mime and dance in the physicalization of enactment, if mm. I put it into a simple way.
0: Can you just say a few words about mime, about pantomime and all that? It seems very, I think uh, it, it looks very intimidating doing mime it's uh i think this is why maybe many of us when we're thinking about physical theater we're going more to the direction of the dance and the flow and the movement and mime is a bit seems a bit more challenging so maybe if you can if you have a tip for us uh, of yeah, how yeah. we can make it a bit more accessible to us for those yeah. that are not like uh you know uh, professional uh whatever yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, actually, it's a, it's a very good question, but also a really difficult question to to put it in simple words because when we talk about mind, usually there's a lot of misunderstanding or misconception um, worldwide. But uh, if I try to make it simpler, um, first, um, mind is not just uh, pinto mind, but on the other hand, um, pinto mind is one kind of mind. And I would say the the, the essence of mind comes from mimesis, um, the, uh, uh, the word uh, from the Greek word. I don't know whether I pronounce it well. Mimesis um, is, uh, is something like in English, is like an imitation or, or we capture certain images uh, from our experience through our body. And then they can form a much richer expression so, yeah, I don't know how to put it in an even more uh, simpler way, but um, when we say the differences between mime and dance, I would say that mime as an art of body, they take care much more the dramatic structure and the narrative structure uh, through the body. So usually... Um, it represents a story or a, a process of experience through a series of action in a very structural way and in a very precise way with a lot of physical details um, carefully chosen. And, and so usually they still, uh, or in, in, in any other way, you, if you put simpler, they, they do storytelling. Through actions and and through body gesture. I think
0: we're we're um, getting closer to the end. So
1: I'll I'll ask you.
0: Maybe I should have started with that question, but I think we can also finish with that question. Why why should playbacker incorporate more physicality into their acting?
1: Three points. Uh, first. Um, a large part of our communication as human being is nonverbal uh, second it leaves it, is gives more space for imagination and meaning uh, and making for the audience side and thirdly, it is very helpful or even crucial for the complexity for the coordination for the cooperation among the actors so at least mm-hmm. these three points uh, make um, the physicalization of enactment become important.
0: I think it also, you know, it's pretty simple and straightforward. You know, it's uh, it's about also it's about aesthetic, and uh, I think developing this those uh, skills can really uh, important and uh, valuable to. To a playbaker that uh, that wants to also develop that aspect, I think it's a, it's an important side. Yeah,
1: and, and, that, and, the, and the fourth reason could be um, that um, the physical expression or the physical enactment can give a more direct impact to the audience. Also,
0: and I think it's also continuing what I was uh, saying with uh, regarding the aesthetic. I think it can also help you in general to feel more confident as a playbaker when you're developing that skill and when you're feeling more comfortable with your physical expression so I think this is um, another big motivation or reinforcement or I don't know how to call it
1: (laughs) yeah and as I said um, one of the one of the very helpful tips for improvising on stage is that when you get stuck in one channel you change to another channel don't Don't allow yourself to stay in the channel, you get stuck. So at least if you develop uh, much more about your physical expression, your bodily expression, then when your language uh, gets stuck, you can shift to the body expression. So you Mm -hmm. have more options. So at least... um, uh, is also make it easier for you to survive on stage uh, when you are improvising. The best way to understand all this is through uh, an experiential process, for sure. And sometimes yes. it sounds really complicated when we try to explain it or illustrate it through words.
0: So I hope soon we're gonna we're gonna have uh, again opportunities to practice those things. Uh, together um, live in a, yeah. um, in a classroom or in a studio or whatever, we can finish with uh, this wish of uh, getting together again.
1: Yeah,
0: we, yeah, yeah. we we missed each other this, uh, the last uh, winter because of the circumstances, but uh, I hope uh, that you're gonna visit Europe again and Berlin again. Uh, and maybe, who knows, maybe I'll, I'm going to visit Hong Kong. But, yeah, uh, no, yeah, uh, And I think it's great to have this awareness uh, growing now uh, mm-hmm. about physical theater and playback theater and how, how physical theater can support our, our work as playbackers. Mm. So thank you for making that accessible to us because, as I said, I was really concerned about how can we actually talk about uh, physical theatre without, you know, demonstrating and uh, experiencing? But I think that through the different examples and uh, different exercises that you were uh, mentioning, I think it was I at least I felt it gets to be clearer and clearer through through our talk, and I took a lot out of that, and I I think there's a lot I'm going to implement, you know, working. With my with my group, and when I, I'm gonna be back on stage doing playback, uh, there's a lot of things that you said that uh, inspired me to, to experiment and to explore and to try and to develop. So thank you very much for uh, for taking the time and, yeah,
1: and talking to me. Yeah, about- I think I think for me, uh, if uh, through this uh, interview process, uh, uh, for us to talk about physical theatre, if at least um, we can make um, the audience um, who listen to this um, program become more curious about this topic or they started to have more imagination about how um, a physical way to do playback theater could be when they when their imagination starts to wandering around this name or this possibility it, it has uh, already been a really good achievement and I think
0: what's important is that and I hope people will take that out of our talk today um, that you don't have to be a dancer or an acrobat or a professional uh, actor or whatever in order to practice and to develop those uh, skills and yes. to, and this this body awareness and physicality and all that you can just you know, be a better playbacker just implementing some of the principles.
1: Mm-hmm. Even if you are physically challenged in a certain way, so long as you can move, so long as you have this awareness, so long as uh, you, you can create images, so long as you can create structure in your movement, then you you, have, uh, you, you are already enough to enter the world of physical theater. And then the next step, if you can also listen to the other person, you can listen to a teller uh, through your body, not just through your mind, so you can do your physical listening, then you can become a physical actor in playback theater also. That is what Mm -hmm. I believe. This is another thing that I
0: even I didn't even expect it from this talk. To, like I, I was surprised about uh, the fact that we can uh, yeah listen to a story through our bodies. That's amazing. So thank you very much for for this wonderful talk. And uh, as I said, I hope to to see you again. And mm-hmm. and um, I wish for Hong Kong to what can I say to recover or to heal or to change or to be back where you were a while ago
1: transform
0: transform yeah
1: nothing to go back i think we can only move forward and transform that's a better way to put it so thank you again thank you thank you
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our previous episodes. And please share this episode with others. Thank you.